Hi, I'm Guy Powell, and welcome to the next episode of The Backstory on Marketing. If you haven't already done so, please visit ProRelevant.com and sign up for all of these episodes and podcasts. I am the author of the newly released book, The Post-COVID Marketing Machine, Prepare Your Team to Win. And you can find out more information on this book at marketingmachine.prorelevant.com. There are so many decisions marketers need to make. Should they spend on paid digital, paid social, paid search? How do they all interact? And whether you are small or a large marketer, whether you're B2B or B2C, getting this mix right can drive significant incremental sales. Today, I'm interviewing Andy Biting, a content marketing expert. So let me tell you a little bit about Andy. Today, today's guest is a two-time international best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and strategic advisor. He is a leader in business development and marketing and has helped insurance agencies grow all over North America with his integrated marketing strategy. Please welcome Andy Biting. Thank you, Guy. I'm excited for this interview. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I do like that jacket. I'm going to have to ask you <laughs> later on where you got that. So sure. anyway, uh, Andy, tell us, uh, what is your backstory? Uh, how did you get into uh, your career in marketing? Sure. So I grew up in family business. We ran retail home and garden centers. I always had a passion for marketing. And long before I really learned a lot about marketing and you know started going down that path and focusing on it, I, I loved marketing. I, I believe that, you know, with really good marketing, you can grow and you can propel any business because it's, it, you know, it's more powerful than sales is more powerful than, than operation. Like it, it's what starts the whole engine running. And uh, in our retail business, you know, I leveraged good marketing and like I was one of the early ones in the, in the late eighties, we started a print newsletter for our clients. So I was doing a you real know, looking back. It was a form of content marketing long before the term ever <laughs> it was ever invented. And it just loved it, just loved marketing and eventually went out and we spun off, uh, spun off Tulip Media. And uh, now I get to do marketing full time for client partners all over North America. Well, that, uh, that is awesome. And I couldn't agree with you more, uh, especially if you get it right. And I will admit, uh, sometimes for smaller businesses, uh, getting marketing right is very difficult. But if you get it right, that the amplification effect that it has on the rest of the business and the rest of sales uh, definitely can be enormous. Now, you're a specialist uh, in insurance uh, agencies and marketing for insurance agencies. So tell us some interesting uh, stories there and some uh, good strategies uh, for insurance industry and also then how they might apply to other industries. Sure. And by the way, you know, we, we do a lot of work for a number of different industries. Insurance, just for some reason, tends to be a, the biggest uh, group that we work with. But so what we, what we do is we, uh, you know, we work with, uh, with insurance agencies to help build their, their sales team and actually make them more successful through effective marketing. And, uh, you know, to give you a, a couple of examples uh, you know, we we work with them on their digital marketing as well as their print marketing. And that like a um, you know we that's how we started the company actually was doing customized print marketing, 
and we specialized only with insurance agencies in the early years. We since you know, do a lot of manufacturing. They're all B2B clients that we work with. But uh, and what we do for them is we actually create customized magazines where we look after all the work. We make it super easy. We have brand promises. We'll make it easy, effective, and enjoyable. So we make it super easy. We write their articles for them. Our ghostwriters will write it for them. We'll do all the design, the editing, the project management, the printing, US Post. You, we take care of everything, soup to nuts. All we need is their input on some of the content because we'll write the content, but they're the experts. And they can put out their own magazine really simply uh, to, you know, to their client base, uh, to prospects, and to give it to their salespeople to hand over when they're looking and you know, calling on new business. So that's how we started the company. And it grew very quickly. So working with several insurance agencies all over North America. And we, where we, we, that, that's where we honed in and got really good at creating good content, good articles. And then we took it online and we started getting really good at understanding good keyword strategy and developing that for our client partners. And, you know, understanding that keyword strategy, the keyword strategy that works in, you know, uh, Minneapolis does not necessarily work in, in uh, Boston or in, in Los Angeles or diff different parts of the country. So we got really good at keywords, creating keyword strategies, creating content that could then go into their magazine, but also on their website to draw people in and leverage that for SEL, for search engine optimization. Then we got really good at paid advertising and around with for B2B businesses and uh, where we landed on and, uh, you know, I'll... Uh, one of our client partners in Minnesota, uh, Jay Nesbitt, is a great prime example. And Nesbitt Insurance Agencies, they're wonderful people. And for them, we do we handle all of their digital marketing as well as creating the print magazine. And for them, we run paid advertising campaign, uh, content mar uh, marketing campaign. And the other key thing is we optimize their website for conversions. And like I said, uh, you know, uh, you and I were talking about earlier is that what really counts at the end of the day, and that's what Jay Nesbitt co uh, hires us for, is to make his phone ring, to have contact forms filled out, looking for more information about what they're selling, and prospects booking meetings in his salespeople's calendar. That's what marketing is about. <laughs> so that's what's really crucial for our insurance agencies and all our client partners. Yeah, that uh, and that is so correct, and especially when you have a uh, uh, a large uh, component of your outbound activities as being, uh, you know, with sales and a sales team, whether it's inside or an outside or a combination of the two, uh, getting that phone to ring for them. Uh, if you can do that with uh, people that are really interested, uh, you will be loved, absolutely loved by the by the sales team. Uh, so you talk about uh, building a sales machine, um, and I, of course, talk about a marketing machine. Uh, and uh, so tell us, uh, tell us about how to build the best sales machine. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, so I, Justin Rothmarsh wrote a book called The Machine, and it's about, you know, it's sales machine. And when we look at it, we, we look at, okay, it, it, we took that inspiration and we just took a, a few steps further in both directions. 
And what we look at is that, you know, the whole smarketing, we call it smarketing. It's combining sales into mark and marketing into one business development process that works. And when we look at the business development machine, here's the best analogy that I always use. The turn of the last century, the automobile existed, but they were being created by craftsmen, right? And the same person would you know, design the automobile, would create all components, would put it all together, build the interior, you know, drop the engine in, do all those things and build the automobile. It wasn't until Henry Ford came along who, what Henry Ford did was he just invented the assembly line where the same craftsman did not do all parts of the, the manufacturing. He had specialists at different stations. And if you were a specialist at dropping in the engine, that's all you did all day long because you would do it better, faster, less expensive, more efficient than anyone else. That's an assembly line process. And he democratized the automobile. And all of a sudden, the people, I mean, one of his missions was that his own workers would be able to afford to buy an automobile. And he was able to do that. Well, in business, how many times do you have, you hire a salesperson and you expect that salesperson to do their own prospecting, to do their own cold calling, to book their own intro, you know, introductory meetings or discovery calls, to present the solution, you know, do demos, uh, you know, display products, have the follow-up calls, close the contract, and sometimes even collect on the money. You're you're taking your salespeople and you're asking them to be craftsmen building their own automobile every step along the way. Now, what happens if you break out your business development process? And the example I use in, in our book is our own company. We have an eight-step business development process from prospecting all the way to closing and signing a contract and collecting the deposit. There's eight steps. And why would the same person be a, a, you know, accountable in doing every part? Because the salesperson you have, maybe they're really good at opening doors, but they're not good closers. Maybe they're great closers or they're great at prospecting, but they're not good at demoing the product. So why not have different people, different, pro, you know, different people to start with, identify those different stations and have different people do those different stations where they can become really efficient and really effective at. And once you get there, just like the automobile assembly line, eventually you start replacing some of the people with robotics, right? And that's where, if you look at your business development assembly line, our at Tulip Media Group, our eight-step business development process, we essentially automate the three, the first three, if not four steps with effective marketing. So prospecting, we no longer do prospect. We use digital marketing to do that. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the discovery calls that's done through our website. So we leverage a really good strategy and there is a science behind it. When people land on your website to take them through a journey and get them to take your call to action, get them to do what you want them to do. So that's all done through the website. So once they actually reach out and they book a meeting in our calendar, they're almost at the demo stage because the first few steps have been automated. And then we have, you know, the best person to do demo is the actual people that are doing the work or that know the product. It's not always salespeople. Because prospects will become defensive around salespeople. So why not have, you know, 
the best uh, graphic designer talk about your magazine instead of a salesperson. And then once they do that, then uh, you know a salesperson or account. Uh, 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 in our case, we actually have production people doing all of the sales. A production manager will then take that and follow up with any questions on the process, and then. It, at uh, uh, a final stage, uh, at a, you know, towards the end of it, then it's either myself or uh, our president, uh, Trevor, will jump on a quick call, meet the person, you know, face to face, whether it's over Zoom or what have you, and ask for the sale because that's what he and I are really good at. I'm actually not good at prospecting. I am good at closing a sale. And then once that's done, then it gets handed off to accounting for, you know, issuing the contract and, so that's the business development assembly line is what I like to call it. And that's the way I, I really challenge client partners to look at their own business development strategy and to figure out what that process is. And then let's automate as much as we can with good marketing. Yeah, I like that. that uh, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, and to your point about being on the assembly line is getting the right people to do the things that they're really good with. And then, passing it off so to speak to the next and to the next and to the next um and uh and i also like your point that where you are having instead of having one person that may or may not good at all eight steps is uh you know is to get him out of the stuff that he's not good at or get him out of the stuff that he doesn't like doing and uh you know make sure he's doing the stuff that he likes and i, I and i think what you're what you're talking about makes a lot of sense uh, and it can apply to many many industries yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even, you know, I think about, you know, our graphic uh, or our, our, our marketing specialists and, and uh, creative directors. So when, when they talk to someone about uh, a demo and get them excited about the design or what the strategy is that they can take with that client partner, they get excited. The thought of them trying to close a sale, they would grow anxiety. They would not want to do it and they wouldn't mm -hmm. be good at it, quite frankly. <laughs> so for them, the, the nice, beautiful transition is, you know, let, how about you talk to so-and-so and, and let, you know, they can go through and talk to you about how the whole process works and uh, can answer a lot of your questions. And then when they talk to them, it's every step along the way, I'm going to hand you off to Sue, or I'm going to hand you off to Erica, who is going to, who's the expert at that part, at that component. And um, she's going to bring you through how this whole process works. And then when we talk to Erica, it's, the natural progression is, you know what? I was speaking to Trevor about you guys this morning, you know, our, our company president, and he really wants to meet you. Could I, can we get on a call to just, so he can say hi and, you know, maybe strategize a little bit better and refine the, the, the proposal and the, uh, the project, you know, uh, the scope of work that we've already talked about. And Trevor's fantastic at jumping on a call, talking about it. sometimes it's tweaked a little bit and saying, you know what, we'd love to get started on this. How about we just sign the contract and let's get going. We can start to get you in the <laughs> schedule. And again, it's different people leveraging their strengths to mm -hmm. move business development forward. And of course, would you like that in blue or red? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. So uh, just curious. So, in, in, uh, so it, it sounds like you're taking the sales funnel and uh, you've broken it down into eight steps and uh, whether you whether you want to call it sales at the top or marketing at the top, but there's there's these eight steps in this funnel. Do you have one person then that shepherds kind of the whole thing or is it 
you know, you get handed off and you never come back to that original person. How do, how does that work? Um, so it, it, it's on a case by case basis. Sometimes they do come back to that original person. Sometimes they don't. Um, we do the, the process we follow is you know, we do what makes sense for that, mm. that, that company, that, that potential client partner. When we're working with our own client partners, we'll help advise them on, you know, what are your business development steps, right? What are your business development stations in your assembly line? And then how, you know, we'll really focus on the front end. How do we, how do we automate those first few steps so that, you know, and that that's the, the inspiration behind our, you know, our book is double sales with zero salespeople, meaning you can double your sales with no more salespeople than what you have right now, whether that number is two or 20 or 200, mm -hmm. you can double your sales with good, effective marketing by making it so that your, your salespeople can basically start closing twice the amount of twice the number of sales that they are now. And, you know, we'll look at it with that slant to that, that angle. We will talk about you know, what is your business development process? You know, what's your business development assembly line? What do those look like? Let's see how much we can automate through a really good marketing strategy that we'll put in place and manage and, op and execute for you. And then what are the next steps? So when you get this lead in, what happens? And let's talk about that and we'll help advise you. But that's where we kind of do the handoff and say, here's someone who, you know, through leveraging all automated uh, marketing tactics, here's someone who wants to talk to one of your salespeople. And, uh, you know, you now you you take it from there, but we'll advise you on those follow-up steps. But that's where, you know, you know your product or service better than we ever will. And you're the right people to talk to them at that point in time. And we're the wrong per people to talk to them. Yeah, that, that makes uh, so much sense. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so now selling, though, unfortunately, is not just about, you know, winning and closing deals. You also have to do retention and you got to keep them. And um, and I, uh, so tell us about what you what you would do or what you what what your theories are and your practices are actually on uh, client retention. So this is where I love print. This is where I love creating something that is tangible that people can hold and feel in their hands. And, you know, that's why we love leveraging, you know, customized magazines uh, where you can put your content, your ideas, your, you know, your value add onto physical pages, especially in today's age with chat GPT and AI and all this, you know, we're soon getting to a place where if you're reading something online, you don't know if it's written by a real person or a machine. Mm -hmm. And when it's in print and there's somebody's name associated with it, and, you know, there's a person's picture, you know, somebody from your company's picture in that magazine, you know, John Doe is the expert in XYZ. And there's an article from John there, uh, you know, and that's, and that's delivered to them through us post or oftentimes, you know, with insurance agencies or other companies, the most valuable magazines are actually the ones that are shipped to their office that they can take and hand out to prospects and say, Oh, by the way, it's partly sales collateral, but it is the ultimate business card. When your competitors are giving them business cards and brochures you're handing over your own custom magazine that your company published that gives instant credibility 
and uh, it you know when it helps build that uh, that uh, confidence in your in your company as they do business with you, and then once they become a client of yours, to retain them, keep sending them that printed copy, whether your rhythm is once a quarter, twice a year, once a year, it, it, whatever works for you. But I love print for retention because you know a lot of our client partners, for instance, will. We'll do a printed magazine and they, we may print, I don't know, let's say, call it, you know, 3,500 copies. We'll send 3,000 to their existing client base and the other 500 are for them to hand out you know, throughout the next period of time. And the print, when you send something in print, it tells that person subconsciously that you value the relationship, that you're willing to actually invest in something that mm. you sent them in the post office, right? So that's one thing. Because when you, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, maybe not print, you know, everything's going digital. We do an email newsletter. Well, guy, how many email newsletters do you read <laughs> on a regular basis, right? How many do you get and how many of them yeah. do you actually read? Very few, unless they are really consistently of, of good quality and, and good value. Otherwise, you kind of, you might read the heading, the subject line, and then uh, otherwise you're going to, you know, that's, that's it. And, you know, yeah. click on to the next one. But if somebody sends you a magazine, you're probably going to at least look at it. And the other nice thing is that if you read something in there that you like, you'll flip that page down, you'll hold that on to, you'll hold on to it. You'll hand it off to somebody else in your office and say, this is a good article. You never do that with anything digitally. Mm. Right. But there is something magical about, you know, sending, sending someone a copy of a magazine and you saying, wow, you know, they value my relationship with them because they sent just sent me this in the mail as opposed to, Oh, it's just another email that came in that costs them nothing. Yeah. You know, that's that value, that sense of value comes through in the way that you deliver the message. So that's why I love the printed magazine is that it shows your clients that you value them, that you're willing to invest some real dollars in paper or postage and send them something of value. The other nice thing that I love, and here's an example of one, one of our client partners, they feature one of their clients on the front cover of mm. every magazine. So when you do that, you can, you, you know, then you really gain that loyalty. And guess what? That, that client of yours that's featured on the front cover of your magazine, they are going to be one of your best referral sources that you'll ever have. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, give them, by the way, give, if you do that, give them lots of copies to hand out to their <laughs> friends and contacts so that they can spread your word for you. But I yeah, love that, print for retention. That I, I do like that. That's very good. Well, and uh, I mean, I'm a fan of print as well. We've done a lot of, uh, uh, we have a lot of clients that, uh, you know, whether they're big or medium sized advertisers, they all have have a component that's, that's print. Yeah. And what we found generally is that print advertising is very successful and it's uh, it's so successful that you can't buy enough. There just isn't enough inventory. There's not enough magazines to be able to buy enough to, uh, you know, to get the the otherwise the exposure that you'd like to get. But overall, we've definitely found print to be successful. Now, I will admit there's one thing I have to uh, I have to let you know about, and that is that bookshelf behind you is also all print. 
you know, yeah. at some point, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I do like a print book, but at some point, the back of yours and the back of mine here is going to be on my iPad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so who knows? I mean, maybe what you'll have back there is a whole bunch of print magazine covers or something like that. Perhaps. But, you know, what's interesting is that, that uh, you know, a, a lot of it is still, you know, I look at my 18 year old daughter and she will not read off a Kindle. So the younger generation, the printed books are actually coming back. Like they're printing more and more. There's more print printed books, hard, you know, hard paper books that are being sold every year. So it, it, it is coming back. Some people make the switch over. Some people don't. But uh, Deloitte did a study a few years ago. And the, 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 the title of the study is that digital is growing, but print's not dead. And basically the message was that know your audience and know how they want to consume content. If I send you a business article, if you send anybody a business article online, 84% chance that they're going to print it off and read it from the paper. So most business content, the business genre is consumed. 84% is consumed in print, not digitally. Hmm. So, you know, print does have a place. It is more expensive to reach, but that's why send it to those people you, you, you value. Send it to existing clients. So much cheaper. I'd rather spend some money keeping a client in part, among other things, but in, you know, in part by sending them a print. You know, I'll spend a few dollars. You know, I'll, sp I'll spend some dollars keeping a client by keeping them happy, you know, doing all the normal services that I do, but also showing them how much I value them by sending them something in print. Mm. So it, uh, yeah. It, and the other thing too, and you, uh, the most uncluttered inbox that you have is your U S post mailbox. <laughs> it is right. Well, and I don't know. Inbox uh... is cluttered. Yeah, during uh, fair enough, but uh, man, during the election season, uh, it turns around. <laughs> but okay. you're right about that. It's uh, right now, and I think you know that's. And I don't know if I'd call that print or you know direct mail or I guess there yeah there is print certainly involved, but uh, both of them uh, direct mail and uh, as well as a uh, print magazine coming in through the mail. I think you know does have that touchy feely value that comes with it and then you know if it's really well written and there's good stuff in there uh people will you know be waiting on it and want to want to read it yeah. yeah absolutely so uh so you talk about the uh, three pillars of marketing what uh, what are those the three pillars of marketing i always consider you know you have to consider all three because they are and you have to have a component of all three it's digital marketing print marketing and then interactive marketing so most people think of digital marketing and, and, and maybe, uh, you know, everyone thinks of digital marketing. Mo a lot of people think of print marketing. You need to make sure that those two are singing the same tune because if your digital content, if you're, if you're marketing, you know, the person that's in charge of your marketing messaging uh, is not collaborating and not coordinating with your social media manager, for instance, and the social media, you know, you're putting different messaging out on social media than you are on your website. That's not good. Same thing mm -hmm. goes if you're putting different messaging on, on your website or in social media that's not in your printed brochures or magazine. That's not good. You need consistency across the platforms, across the pillars. 
So you need that good digital marketing for the quick hits and to, and to and quite frankly, to reach new prospects that you may not otherwise reach because it has such, you know, you can, you can spread a message out across such a uh, vast audience. But once you get that client in, you leverage print. Print gives you more credibility. It has more longevity and more credibility than digital does. And then what most people don't think of, or they don't consider it through that lens is interactive marketing. Now, interactive marketing is anytime you're interacting with someone face-to-face. -face. That could be, you know, one-on-one -on -one over Zoom, if it's a prospect call, it could be face-to-face -face in a showroom or in an office or at a conference. If you're presenting your ideas, like a part of your business development strategy is to present ideas to audiences, that's interactive marketing. It's anytime there's live communication going back and forth. Now, that's still a marketing function because marketing the way you know the way i look at marketing marketing is all of the activities that you do to have a prospect say i'm interested in what you have to say i'm interested in what you might have to sell or how your company might be able to help me achieve my goals everything up to then is marketing once they express interest then it's it's a sales activity so when you're answering your phone when your company's answering their phone that's a mark you know, to a prospect. That's a marketing activity. You want to make sure that a complete and cohesive marketing strategy across all three pillars has consistent messaging, has a consistent language, vocabulary, message that's going out into the marketplace. Because if your digital marketing and your print marketing are aligned, but then somebody walks into your showroom. And what they're hearing from the salesperson does not align with what was just said or what they just read online or just read in a magazine, you're going to lose a lot of credibility really mm. quick. So it is a marketing function and it needs to be treated that way. And you need to think, you know, you need to think about that. And that comes through, through training, through alignment. It comes through mm. deliberate action to ensure that there's consistency there. Yeah. And I think that uh, that's one of the big uh, I, challenges I think marketing has is to, you know, make that message consistent. I think marketing is pretty good at making the, the message consistent for marketing activities, but then to have it flow down through the whole funnel down into the sales team, whether it's inside or outside or whatever you, you want to define as your sales team, mm -hmm. getting that message uh, consistent, that, that takes a lot. And that's uh, definitely not an easy thing. That's right. That's right. And you need to be deliberate about it because otherwise you see it too often that people don't, they might give some thought to the digital and the print, but you know, the salespeople, they're doing their own thing and uh, there's no consistency there and that hurts a company. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts your brand too. I mean, you, exactly. you know, we're all interested in our brand and the emotional side of our businesses that people end, end up deciding uh, to a large extent, it's not necessarily about price. It's about the brand and how consistent. And if you're consistent, that also reflects on your quality and your quality of service and everything else. So, yeah, I, I like uh, I like how you put that. Yeah. So, um, uh, so then moving forward, what do you see now as the new normal? Uh, what is the the next thing here that's going to take place in marketing and and selling uh, uh, for us all? Well, you know. 
I, I would say that uh, my best answer to that is I don't know if anybody really knows. <laughs> I think just in the last three months, you know, the whole AI and chat GPT, mm. that's going to impact. I truly believe that's going to impact pretty near every industry out there. Some much more than others. And in marketing, it's going to impact it a lot, how it's going to impact it. It's, I think it's, you know, it's almost anyone's guess. A lot of the functions that we did manually in the past are going to be done by AI, mm. which is a good thing, which is, very you know which is a lot of good things will come out of it it'll allow everybody to become much more efficient and productive at what they do the challenge is is to stay in the in front of that you know we have uh you know in our company of tulip for instance the tulip media we have someone who is just accountable for that thought stream and we're having regular meetings experimenting with different uh you know content creation tools uh, experimenting with different design tools, experimenting with all kinds of different AI so that, you know, we can start leveraging this as quickly as it makes sense to adopt. We don't want to jump on every new mm. fad, but we want to at least be able to understand what's happening and how it can be leveraged. And the other interesting thing that's coming out of this is the growing skepticism about everything that's happening and, and mm -hmm. everybody's unsure. And that's why, you know, I find it really fascinating in the last three months, there's been huge, you know, we've always provided digital marketing strategy and services, you know, execution uh, to get the, those conversions and, and, and as well as the print uh, magazine marketing in the last three months, all of our new client partners, not all, but pretty near all, it's been exclusively the magazines, which is mm. really fascinating to me. And it just switched all of a sudden. And I remember or, you know, a month or two into it thinking, why is the magazine side of the business growing so fast? Just all of a sudden, it just started taking off. And um, you know, one of our theories is that with AI and so on, people are, I don't know if they're a little bit more skeptical or afraid, or there is a, I do believe there's a shift to where people are, believing less and less online so therefore print has more credibility and hmm. you know they tend to believe it more you know even large companies that we're working with now who never did that much in print they're just their demand for for print is just skyrocketed and i think it has you know it, we're, we're getting back to something that is familiar that we trust and that will remain consistent, relatively consistent, uh, you know, as we go through these evolutions of AI. So it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting. And what I the, the way I look at all you know uh, uh, AI and and how that's going to impact everything is that it's going to impact every industry, marketing especially. And you want to at least understand how to use it. You want to make sure that you you. Know, whatever benefits can be derived from it, you want to make sure that you're learning how to leverage it. Don't fight it because it is coming. Uh, you want to be on the forefront of leveraging, you know, understanding how to use it instead of trying to mm. protect status quo from, 
you know, the last decade type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, looking back as well, uh, you know, when, when you think about uh, office automation, I guess from the, I don't know, the seventies or the eighties, uh, there was trepidation about computers, you know, at the time it might've been mainframes or the IBM PC, that big, that big honker of a thing. And, uh, and, and we all kind of, I don't survive is not the right term, but we all actually thrived on, uh, on using that. There were some that didn't like it. There's some that, you know, that were very reticent about getting involved in it, but those that, that did, and certainly the younger folks, they picked it up right away and uh, and now I think it's kind of the same thing. You now have AI. You have those that are going to jump on it and they're going to thrive with it. And you might have some that are reticent. And uh, you know it is what it is. But I think uh, I think the AI is really going to make a, a a huge difference. So I have uh, two more questions for you. The the, sure. the second to the last is what would what advice would you give to an up and coming marketer? Uh, first of all, uh, so two pieces of advice I would give. One is, you know, make sure you stay in the forefront of the new technology. Experiment, experiment, experiment. Make sure you budget time in your day, your week to test out these new theories, these new ideas. Some of the road paths you take will be a dead end. Others will be pure genius and will change the way you think and the way you do business. So always stay in the cutting edge there. Don't let that pass you by. That's one thing. While you're doing that though, never underestimate the fundamentals mm. stick to fundamentals you know a good marketing strategy when people say what you know this is my company what kind of marketing strategy should i employ first question is tell me about your business strategy you know a good marketing strategy starts with your business strategy where you want to take your business where you want to take your company over the next 3 5 years will dictate now let's build a marketing strategy that helps you get there that serves that that strategy um, you know, that's one fundamental. Another fundamental is at the end of the day, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, business to business, business to consumer. At the end of the day, it's human to human, you know, and for now, at least there is a person on the other side that's going to make the yes, you know, the buy or not buy or not buy decision. It's not AI making that decision yet. <laughs> um, so the fundamentals, you're Marketing strategy needs to support business strategy. And at the end of the day, you're, you're still, at the end of the day, you're selling human to human. There's still a person on the other end that's going to say yes or no to your offering. And you can't forget that. Don't get, need to stay cutting edge with the technology, but don't get swept up. It's not all technology that's going to make you propel. You need to connect with that person. And that's, yeah, I like your, I like your point. Uh, there's no question you need the fundamentals and, uh, and yet you also need to be at the, at the cutting edge kind of at the same time. And you, you need to balance the two or at least use the fundamentals to position how you're going to do the, uh, you know, do the cutting edge kinds of stuff. Yeah. Or look at the cutting edge. The way I would look at it is look at the cutting edge as tools to help you build on your fundamentals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So the the question on everybody's mind is, tell us about your jacket. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so we're Tulip Media Group, and uh, the jacket is a uh, you know is is a it's a field of yellow tulips with one red tulip in there. And uh, you know, I I always say in the early days of the company, company I always said that we will help you become the red tulip in the sea of yellow. And <laughs> I 
had this jacket made. This is the actual image that I use in my presentations when I when I speak and do keynotes. And you know, one time one time I was doing a speech in Austin and they said, no visual aids. You're in front of, I don't know, it's like 700 people, 700 business owners, but no visual aids. Oh, I lose I lost my my visual red tulip <laughs> in the sea of yellow because that's what everybody remembered. Oh, you're the tulip guy. So one of the one of the you know, fellows on and our team, he said, you know what? You need a flashy jacket. You need <laughs> you need a jacket. So we literally we had the exact image that we that I use my presentation, custom fabric made, printed, <laughs> and then we had it custom made, and that's what it is. We help you become the red tulip in the sea of yellow. Oh, I like that. I, yeah. I really do like that. So uh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, uh, Andy. It's uh, really great. And thank you for participating. So uh, where would you like viewers to go to learn more about you and your company? Sure. Our, our website is tulipmediagroup.com. But one thing I've done, uh, Guy, is that we have, a, we have a landing page for, for viewers, if they're interested, at tm.media forward slash double sales, like the, the book. Uh, so tm.media forward slash double sales and on there they can read a, ch a chapter of the book they can buy the book but also one thing i invite the reader or the listener sorry is uh there's a link there where if you wanted to talk about your own business strategy or your own marketing strategy you can uh you, you can book a meeting right in my calendar or my co-author jessica Embry, right into her calendar and uh you know we we love talking marketing strategy. So book a meeting with us and we can jump on a call, no charge for it. So that's yeah. it. That's found at that, at that way, landing page as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. So it, it's a tulipmediagroup.com. And yep. then uh, for the landing page, it was tm.media forward slash double sales forward slash double sales. Fantastic. Um, well, and I, I definitely am going to pick up a copy of your, uh, of your book, double sales. Is that uh, available on Amazon? And yes, yeah, it is. Uh, Amazon audible double sales, zero sales people. And, uh, yeah, it's on, uh, Amazon and, and we have the audible version as well and Kindle, of course. Fantastic. Well, thank you. So, uh, for the audience, please stay tuned for many other videos in this series of the backstory on marketing please visit marketingmachine.prorelevant.com and download the first chapter of my book and other valuable experts, uh, excerpts. And uh, don't forget to sign up for more episodes and uh, of this, epi of this uh, series of podcasts and, uh, and other valuable content. And if you like this podcast with Andy and his red tulip in the sea of yellow, uh, please rate this with five stars. Andy, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, Guy. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you.